Uh, it was funny, even as I was reflecting um, eternal things and thinking about today's lesson, even though I was, I was sitting in the chair over there, I kept thinking, I can't believe that Lakes Free entrusts, and God entrusts me to come up here and speak in front of you. I think that's outstanding. And as I thought of today's passage, and I think of, I know they said the title was In Light of Eternity. Uh, as I did my study and as I looked at the passage, it seemed too easy uh, to change it. So I had to change it. I couldn't help myself. Uh, but treasure hunters. And as I think of just my life as a whole and just what I've been seeking after my whole life, and I think of us and I think of what Jesus is saying in these words, just encouraged over and over again in how he uh, meets us as we, as we run around this world seeking after things. So we're heading back to school, Lessons for Life. I really appreciate the, this series in that uh, as a student, pastor of student ministries, more often than not, you have students that come to you and say, hey, we want to have more fun. Or, hey, um, we want to go deeper. And you're in these situations where you're like, we're gonna, we want to have fun, we are going to go deeper, but what I love about passages that we are digging in in this series is they're so, they're so foundational and so simple for us that sometimes we miss the depth of them. We just see, oh, uh, build my foundation on the rock. Okay, that's cool, I can do that. Or, um, yeah, I'm, Jesus, I'm a child of God, I'm, I'm God's, I know whose I am and who I am in Christ, and now today we're going into treasure. We'll read these verses and we'll be like, yeah, I've heard that before, okay, that's not deep enough. But I think God wants to meet us here, especially as we think of heading back to school and heading back to work in this new season, heading into the fall, and he wants us just to be reminded over and over again of how we need to put our trust in him. And so I've been really encouraged to have the opportunity this morning to be a part of this series, Heading Back to School. Uh, Pastor Stephen, uh, uh, way back, probably a month ago, did our first week uh, from the Sermon on the Mount. And he talked about those foundational things. And today we get to head back to the Sermon on the Mount. Those chapters, Matthew 5 through 7, have so much where Jesus is just saying, this is practical. This is how you, f if you're going to follow me, this is what it looks like. And today I have that opportunity to go right back to that place. If you would join me, let's start digging in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 21. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me pray for our time together. Dear Heavenly Father, I just uh, give you praise for the opportunity to share your word this morning. I give you praise that you've provided your word for us. We, we praise you that you are our Lord and our Savior, and that we can trust what you have to say. Father, I ask that you be with uh, me personally during this message, that I would take these principles to heart, even as I speak this morning. Fill me with your spirit, give me what I need, and open our hearts for the message that you have for each one here, each individual. This isn't a message for all of us, necessarily as a whole, but Father, you want to speak to each one of us in this room as individuals, 
and you want to dig in and you want to find out what are the things we are treasuring and what are the things we need to remove and what are the things we need to add into our lives as we follow Jesus. God, may this be a message that uh, is heard today and may you be glorified through it in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, as I looked at this passage, as if we were to reread it, there are many simple, what I would say simple observations. There is this idea of treasure, this idea of laying up treasure one place or another, the temporary, the eternal, uh, that some can be destroyed and some cannot, uh, and some will last for an eternity. And that it all goes back to the heart, our heart. And that's what we're gonna dig into today. My three observations that I just want us to kind of focus in on and be challenged by. Observation number one, we're all treasure hunters. We are, every single one in this room is hunting after some treasure. We love to find treasure and we love to hold on to it. Jesus is making it clear in these verses to, as he's sharing this with the listeners of his time and now to us, that we love treasure. It's simple. It starts when we're really young. A nice treasure hunt is super fun. Easter egg hunts, a game of hide and seek. We are wired to hunt for treasure. I remember even looking at, you know, digging in my dad's top drawer, he had all his change up there. Constantly searching for treasure, constantly. And then running over, the gro running over to the little store and buying treasure and investing in sugar and all that great stuff. We love treasure, we love to go after it. As we get older, hunting for treasure may look different than running around the, the yard trying to collect Easter eggs and candy, but we are still hunting for treasure. Eight years ago, I got a call from my sister Gretchen talking about this new show, The Curse of Oak Island. Anybody in here watched that show by any chance or seen that or heard of that? All right, the three of you and me and Jason, all right? She calls me about this show. It's about these treasure hunters and their hope of finding treasure on this island off of Canada, Nova Scotia, a treasure that potentially includes historical religious artifacts buried by the Knights Templar, things even as cool as the Ark of the Covenant, things that have been lost for years. Since I've had a heart for the archaeological my whole life, I started tuning in and almost instantly becoming a treasure hunter with those treasure hunters. Year after year, I have gone back and watched this show. Year after year. And what we have found is these two guys, they keep going back, they keep going back, and they dig the holes, and they create the maps, and year after year, they find more clues and find no treasure. <laughs> but I'm sure I'm confident this is the year. And I will be right there, treasure hunting with those guys, no matter what. This show gives us an example of how we tirelessly search to fill our lives with treasure. The Lagina brothers who are doing, uh, doing the treasure hunt have invested so much time, so much financial, uh, millions of dollars put into this project constantly just going after it, going after it. And this treasure hunt has gone on for years and years, and other people have been on that same treasure hunt and have not found the treasure. But just like in this show, we will invest our lives searching and storing up treasure. The brothers may have started that official treasure hunt 
back in 2014, eight years ago. Or, um, and, uh, but the reality was they picked up a Reader's Digest many years before that as young guys and read about this thing, and that treasure hunt began in their heart. That became a life goal for them. And we do the same thing, whether we know it or not, with the treasures in our lives. Just like the Lagina brothers, we have a lifetime of treasure hunting going on. We pull out the maps, we dig the holes, we make investments, and maybe even we find stuff that satisfies from time to time. But as treasure hunters, we are, search, are we searching for the right treasure? In our passage today, Jesus shares that there are treasures that we hold on to, but he makes it clear that not all treasures are worth seeking or having. These are, there are treasures on earth, and there are treasures in heaven. The difference, the treasures sto uh, stored on earth are temporary, and the treasures stored in heaven are eternal. I want us to look at that now at this point. What's eternal treasure? What is temporary treasure? Let us start with temporary first. In 2016, a free app called Pokemon Go came out. All right, and if I asked you to raise your hands for this one, I'd be very surprised to see senior adults raising your hand. If you're doing Pokemon Go, I can't even be impressed. Pokemon Go is a game that uses your phone's GPS and clock to identify when and where these fictional Pokemon characters will appear, and you can go and catch them. It combines the real world with the fantasy world. It's free, it's easy, and naturally, we as people are treasure hunters. People went crazy for this game. And if you can remember back six years, you can recall people all over the place with their phones exploring for these fictional Pokemon creatures. But as fun as the game was, they found that even after the first week, they started seeing disaster or random things happening all over the place because of this game. It was costing people something. An article from Cafe Mom dated July 11, 2016, shared a few disasters. 30 minutes after the app's release, a user slipped and fell down a ditch, fracturing her foot, a six to eight week recovery. Too embarrassed to admit that she was hunting for Pokemon, she lies to doctors and said she was walking her dog. <laughs> a woman burns herself with coffee after knocking over the mug trying to catch a creature in her scrambled eggs. Okay? <laughs> a teenager can't sleep, so he goes out hunting. Actually, she goes out hunting for Pokemon early in the morning and finds herself being followed for a while and then almost abducted until she found somebody that could help her. Robbers create Pokemon beacons to lure people in, and then they rob them. Now, six years later, you can go online, and there's a tracker of number of deaths, injuries, and money spent due to the damage caused by this fantasy game. Temporary treasures are like that. We seek and seek and they will cost us something. Wouldn't we agree that we have made choices in our treasure hunts that have left us hurt 
vulnerable to attack and lost. We've had to lie to cover up our embarrassment based on the things we're treasure hunting. I giggled at the scrambled eggs myself, but then I thought to my own life and thought, man, it seems really silly that that lady would burn herself looking for a creature in her scrambled eggs. But how many treasures have I hunted after that were just that silly? What are the temporary treasures that you are seeking after and holding on to as you head into this new year? For our students, is it acceptance? Is it friends? Is it social media status? Is it likes? Is it athletic or academic success? Being honored? Is it finding your identity, finding your voice, putting all your hope in a certain image or certain style, having the latest or greatest as you compare your life to those around you and the influences you see on YouTube and Twitter? Is it the sin in your life? What are you hunting for? Maybe you're not a student, maybe you're a little older, like myself, and you're at a different stage. What are you hunting for? Your 401k, your retirement, your security, a career, health, a political party, pleasure, sin, time, travel, respect, power, successful pain-free children and grandchildren. Even as I've gone through the, this list that I just shared on the student side and older, I get frustrated with specific things that I have made treasures of in my life. When I said 401k, I know that some in this room instantly went to a dark place of anger in their heart. <laughs> I know it. Treasure hunter, follower of Jesus, where does your treasure lie? And what efforts do you take to receive these treasures? What is the treasure map that you are following to get your treasure? We will do whatever it takes for the desires of our heart. Let's look at a map. I brought one up here with me. Um, yeah, I don't even know how to use a map. So let's go to Google Maps. All right, where's my phone? All right, good. Many of you, how many of you still use maps? Thank you, that's cool. How about any of you use this thing, your phone? All right, more people are using maps, basically, is what I'm hearing here. But I only know how to use Google Maps. All right, so let's look at a map. Uh, let's see what Google has to say about some of the goals or treasures that we're hunting after. Uh, let's go destination, uh, material wealth. Material wealth, okay. Material wealth, all right, let's hit start. All right, to obtain material wealth, um, I need to work, work, work. Uh, prioritize my job over my family, uh, my kids. Um, I need to save, invest. I need to check my Bitcoin and stocks as much as possible. Every half hour I've given the opportunity. Maybe even more often. I need to hold on tightly to my money. I need to build bigger storage for my stuff. I need to change my name to Scrooge and be a miser about all my money. All right, well that sounds fun. That sounds good. Let's do another destination here. Okay, uh, acceptance. All right, let's hit start. All right. I have to change who I am. I have to change how I look. 
I have to change my beliefs, my behavior. I need to believe the lies that I'm not good enough. I need to fall in line with the culture and what it says I am and what I should be doing. I recently was given a uh, sabbatical uh, period of time of rest and reflection uh, from the church here. We give uh, this to our pastors every four years here at Lakes. And after 14 years of serving in my role as pastor of student ministries, I felt it was time to evaluate my priorities. Where am I at? As I spent time in prayer, study, and reading, it didn't take long for God to reveal some of the treasures that I've been hunting for that I'm laying up here on earth, that I'm, that I'm focused on that are temporary. Many things that we just looked at, uh, living for the approval of others, seeing that even as I serve in ministry, I still put my hope in the security of a paycheck, the comfort of knowing the system, desiring respect and power, allowing earthly treasures to direct my decisions rather than trusting in God. Over the last month, I've had to come to grips with the reality that I have many earthly treasures and I need to let them go and I need to allow God to redeem them. The, God, the Bible gives many examples starting at the beginning of temporary treasures. It goes way back. Let me summarize a few of those for you today. Matthew 6, 16 through 18 says, doing religious acts for the approval of men to be seen by men. Temporary. Matthew 5.30, seeking treasures that we desire and hunt for with our eyes, our lust, and our desire for what other people have. Temporary. Luke 12.16-21, basically summarized, says anything we can physically store on earth, a material possession or wealth, is temporary. We see the example of someone being... Um, Focusing on temporary treasure, Mark 10. Let me turn to that here. Mark 10, verses 17 through 23. Let me read that for you. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him, and him being Jesus, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my, from my youth. And Jesus looked at him, loved him, and said to him, You lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sour, <laughs> sorrowful, for he had great possessions. This guy's focus was on the temporary. He'd followed all the rules, and it was great, but he had treasures that he was unwilling to let go to follow Jesus. And first off, he got the question wrong. What must I do to inherit eternal life? I feel like many of us are pursuing treasures in our uh, power rather than trusting in God. We're asking the question, what must I do? And we're missing the point. The temporary treasure was more important than the eternal. Anything that is self-focused is temporary. It's a temporary treasure, a treasure that, that will not last. Now let's look at eternal treasure. 
a, tre a treasure that cannot be destroyed. We receive eternal treasures when a few promises from Scripture have to say. And I just ask that you just kind of listen as I share a few passages with you here. Matthew 5, 11 through 12 says, Blessed are you when others revile and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your re reward is great in heaven. Matthew 5, 44. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 1 Timothy 6, 17 through 19. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, but to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches. Not to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. A couple more here. Colossians 3, 23 through 24 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. And finally, 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steady, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. And the list goes on and on. I showed you this old treasure map a moment ago. Maps mean nothing. What we have here, if you guys, if you have a Bible, God, if you're a treasure hunter, this is where you should be treasure, this is where you should be hunting. Dig into the word. I just read like five passages, and those are just the tip of the iceberg with knowing how to find eternal treasure. This Bible that you have, the Word of God, is just a continual treasure map over and over again of how you can have an abundant life and a life that produces fruit that is eternal, treasure that is eternal. The disciples got it right. If you look at Matthew 4, Matthew 4, let's see if I can find it here. My bookmark slipped. All right, Matthew 4, verses 18 through 22. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew's brother casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. They saw that Jesus was the eternal treasure worth following, and they dropped the nets. They dropped the nets. Moments ago, I mentioned a list of temporary treasures that we wrestle with. Not all these items have to be on the temporary treasure list. Can we pursue acceptance, friends, athletic, academic success, our 401ks, retirement, a career, etc.? There are many good things on this list. We must, ask, we must ask ourselves, 
What is the motivation? Are these treasures more important than my relationship with God? What happens if these things are taken away? Eternal treasures glorify God and are a reflection of our love for him, our love for others, and ultimately his love for us. What we invest in is either temporary or eternal. It's either earthly or heavenly. It's either selfish or selfless. What are your treasures and what category do they fit under? Jesus makes it clear that we are treasure hunters and we can identify if our treasure is eternal or temporary. But his conclusion for us isn't about the stuff. It's about the heart. It's about our heart. He wants our hearts. What we treasure indicates the condition of our heart. Let me tell you a story from my life. When I was a young kid, I accepted Jesus and believed that he had saved me from hell. But I continued to live my life. As I grew up, I was very good at uh, hunting for temporary treasures. I had a gift for it, naturally, as many of you probably can attest to it, even as we're talking about it this morning. Heading into high school, my heart was set on the approval of others, athletic success, popularity, having all the right friends, doing whatever I wanted to do to make myself happy. I strived and I succeeded at my goals. All the while, I wasn't happy, I was depressed and never satisfied. I had no purpose other than getting the acceptance of others. I was angry and I lashed out at those who were the closest to me. I was miserable, a heart far from God. At the same time, I had a, I had a sister. Actually, I had five siblings, but I have a sister that's one year younger than I am named Kristen. She followed Jesus. She stored up treasures in heaven. Unashamed of Jesus and willing to be a witness for him in her school, in her classroom, in her world. As a ministry, uh, there's the ministry C at the pole that comes up. It was my sister who selflessly as an individually or as an individual went to each locker and put a little flyer in there promoting C at the pole and she showed up. She served at camp. She was courageous in her faith, willing to stand when no one else would. A heart to please God motivated by his love. I can be thankful that she was actively storing up treasures in heaven because God used her to draw me to him as I watched her live for him. Because when you're storing up treasure in heaven, God will use you to produce fruit down here on earth. That was one place God had intentionally placed her to make a difference for him. But it wasn't my sister who changed my heart. It was God empowering her and prompting me through his Holy Spirit. Pastor Jason always uses this illustration of uh, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you can't help but spill on the people. I love it. I've stolen it and used it many times. Many times. Love it. When you're filled with the Spirit and you're, allowed, you're, you're investing in treasures in heaven, you're spilling. And my sister couldn't help but just keep spilling and spilling on me even when I had no desire to follow Jesus at all. She was spilling because God was at work in her. We need spillers in our schools. We need spillers in our community. We need spillers in our world. Even when you get the backlash, we need you. People following God with a heart to please him. It made a difference in my life. I'm standing here right now because of spilling 
of other people. After, all the, all, after high school, all the treasures that I hunted for, they just slowly faded away. It didn't take long to see that all that treasure that I had invested all my heart into was only temporary, and I had to start following a different map. And that's when I took my old Bible they gave me at communion off some shelf, random shelf. I hadn't touched it since that time when I had to read it for class Sunday morning. I started reading my Bible, and I started praying to God. And nine months after graduation, I made Jesus my eternal treasure, and I gave him my heart. So as we, as we stop, as we think about stopping the eternal treasures and putting our heart where it doesn't belong, but trusting in eternal treasures, treasures in heaven, what must we do? We have to make Jesus number one. We have to give him our hearts. Jesus promised in John 15, five, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We can't dance with Jesus, we can't go back and forth, but we need to put our full trust in him and cling to the vine. We turn our hearts over to him. We say, I'm tired of seeking temporary treasure. Please forgive me, come into my life, and give me a new heart. Whenever I have a chance, uh, I love to take advantage of a resource. Um, I know I've preached about it here at least once in my time, but I love this little uh, pamphlet here, The Spirit-Filled Life from uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. I use this uh, with student ministry for, for my own personal evaluation of where I'm at as I trust in God. Uh, and today I get to use it again for you, and I'm excited. Um, they put the chair up here for me, which I really appreciate. Uh, we have, there's three people. There's three people in the world, okay? There's the natural person, all right? Now, with this chair, this is your heart, okay? This is your heart. The natural person, the person who doesn't know Jesus, they sit very comfortably on the chair. This is, this is great. Uh, everything uh, filters through them. All their choices are theirs to make. Life is great. Everything's mine. Uh, very internal focused. Jesus, who's Jesus? He's just somewhere else. Uh, we're not even thinking about that most likely. But we're, uh, we're in control of our heart. All right? And what does that lead to? I shared a bit of my story just a little while ago, and let me you know, just say again, what it led to was frustration. All the things I was pursuing, I actually was getting the opposite even when I was meeting those goals. It leads to frustration. We're never satisfied. Uh, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, The natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. So I would have looked at my sister and thought, that's foolishness. And in fact, when we were in high school, uh, we did not, we were not friends. Uh, we were almost, I would say we were almost enemies at that point. We were not in a relationship. She was walking with the Lord, and I didn't want anything to do with that path. I had a whole other treasure trove over here I needed to go for. So, so I was living as the natural man in the chair making the calls, and it led to frustration, never satisfied. Then there's the spiritual person. The person who has put their trust in Jesus, they say, hey, Jesus, I need you to come into my life. And when we say that, we say, I don't want you to just get me out of hell for free, but I want you to be the Lord of my life. And we say, Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand on the side of the chair of my heart. I want you to have my heart. This is your spot. All right? And we sit, we allow him to sit on the throne, and we allow God to lead our life, and he sits there, and he directs, and he influences all areas of our lives. 
1 Corinthians 2.15 says we have the mind of Christ. When we trust in God, the Holy Spirit then produces fruit in our lives, which allows you to help others as well. The focus isn't me, but it's God and others. God produces eternal treasures through us. And we have hope, we have purpose, we have significance, acceptance, and security. All right? We know whose we are, and we know who we are, because Jesus is on the throne of our heart. All right, then there's the third person of the chair that we need to be mindful of, the worldly Christian, I like to call it. We've received Christ, but we continue to live in our own strength. Like the natural person, you know, we, we sit on the chair, you know, we think of Jesus' influence and we think of what he's telling us to do, but in the end, we're making the decisions. What happens a lot of times, too, for the worldly Christian is we well, we'll give up the chair for Jesus for the things we need him to do, or you know, every once in a while we shift back and forth. It's like a roller coaster ride of faith where he's in control sometimes, I'm in control sometimes. And what does that lead to? What does that lead to? It leads to the same thing as the natural person, frustration. In fact, it probably leads to worse, uh, questions and doubts of your faith. Have I really put my trust in Jesus? Do I really, does he really exist? Those kind of things. When we go back and forth and play the game with him and don't allow him to have control, we get confused because one day it's selfless, one, the next day it's selfish. One day are eternal treasures, one day it's temporary treasures. The chair of our hearts, who has control of your heart? Is it you, is the focus on you? Is it on him and his glory? Is it on loving Jesus, loving others? As we close our time, if you haven't put your trust in Jesus and are tired of seeking earthly treasures, today, choose to give it up and turn to Jesus. I've never allowed Jesus to sit on the chair and regretted anything. When you put Jesus in the chair and Jesus is directing the steps, I don't know anybody who's ever regretted that. When I'm in the chair, I have a lot of regret. I have a lot of treasure that I'm disappointed in. So choose today to give it up and turn to Jesus. If you have put your trust in Jesus but have found that there are some treasures that need to go, go to Jesus and confess and allow him back as your Lord, the Lord of your heart, and start bearing fruit. Allow him to do the work. If Jesus is on your, is on your throne, keep on doing what you're doing. Just keep doing it. Keep the treasure vault in heaven growing. And know that God is using you to draw others to him. You're going to get to heaven, you're going to see the treasure that you've left behind, and it's going to be funny that you're going to see the treasure that God has done through you and you knew nothing about, and you'll probably see a lineup of people you knew nothing about that were impacted by you storing up treasures in heaven. So go and just keep doing what you are doing. One final word of encouragement, Jesus knows your value and the cost of eternal treasure. He is our example, he's our hope, and he is our treasure. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, those who have lived for eternal treasure, let us also lay aside every weight, the sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, and let me repeat that, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. 
It was a joy for Jesus to make you his treasure. So let's follow him into the new school year. As we head back to school, let's follow him. Let's put aside the treasures that are temporary and let's start seeking after him. And he will do immeasurably more than you ever ask or imagine in your life. And he will get all the glory and you will be amazed when you get to heaven and see what has been left behind by the work he did through you. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for your goodness to us. I thank you that when it all comes down to it, it was about your heart for us. Father, we are treasure hunters. We invest in things we shouldn't. And Father, we ask that you would help us to put those aside. We ask that you would help us to see you as our eternal treasure and that we would invest in loving you and loving others, not out of a motivation of the approval of men, but out of a motivation of glorifying you and loving you. Father, thank you that your heart was for us, that you laid down your life for each one of us, knowing that we would be an eternal treasure in heaven, heirs, children of God, loved by you, that would do great works through your spirit because of what you did for us, because of your love for us. Thank you so much for that, Father. We give you the glory today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, as we close, if you would join me, I'm gonna read from Romans 15, 13. So please stand and rise as we close our time. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. So by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Go and collect your treasures. Have a good day. Thank you.